This is Forum. I'm John Michaels, Public Affairs Radio Director since 1977. And this week we're going to be talking about pheasants, quail, the Pheasants Forever and Quails Forever Festival and Banquet. As we speak to Jared Wickland, Director of Communications of Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. Uh, Jared, I, I was going to say... Uh, I, you know, I grew up in, in a, the area around here. Jerry Wickland, you're the Director of Communications for Pheasants Forever, and now Quail Forever. We're going to talk about that a little bit, too. But, uh, Jared, I guess we, we can thank the Chinese for the pheasant. Uh, do you want to cover that story? <laughs> yeah, no problem. You know, back in the, back in the late 1800s, um, you know, ringneck pheasants were introduced, uh, you know, sort of wild trap birds were introduced into the northwestern United States, uh, and then eventually um, started coming and in, in doing sort of trap and transfer in, in different areas of the country. And um, they took a liking to the agricultural and, and, and grassland state of North America at that time. And um, since then, uh, pheasants have just been a really colorful barometer of environmental health when we have a lot of pheasants or quail um, or other grassland birds like uh, sharp-tailed grouse or even prairie chickens in a state like South Dakota. We know that we're doing great things uh, for grasslands. We're doing great things for other species. It could be deer, turkeys, uh, waterfall of grasslands too, grassland songbirds. And uh, they just contribute to the overall economy in a state like South Dakota in a big way. So it's, uh, it's a pretty cool success story. And Pheasants Forever uh, was built on that. Uh, we're, you know, Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever is the nation's leading wildlife habitat conservation groups dedicated to upland wildlife habitat. We've been around since 1982, uh, done a lot of great things, and South Dakota is just the center of the bullseye uh, for an organization like this as far as habitat and access goes. Yeah, the presents originally were a gift, and uh, a gift that keeps on coming, I guess, is, is one thing. Uh, the other thing I want to, you know, kind of, we'll talk about a lot of things, but uh, I, I'm, if you go out to the airport during present season around here, uh, it's crazy. I mean, uh, all of the small planes, all of the jets, uh, the private jets even, that come in, uh, I remember one small plane that was kind of a, um, uh, you know, hop, you know, just a hop, skip and jump type plane. The uh, lady that was, that was the ticket taker was also the lady that had to pack the plane, and she had to pack the plane about three or four times to get all the guns and everything in. Uh, but people come from all over. I remember uh, going to a convention about present season time, uh, and I was in a DC-9 or whichever, uh, a large jet plane, and there was people uh, talking about uh, present hunting. Uh, I was coming back from a convention, but they were, they were from South Carolina. They were from uh, uh, the West Coast, Texas, you name it. Uh, uh, this, this, this is a, a big part of the economy in this part of the country. It certainly is. You know, um, it's hundreds of millions of dollars per year, especially in a place like South Dakota, which is one of the last, you know, great states um, that still has, uh, by all means, the world's largest pheasant population, which is why we call it the pheasant capital. But you're absolutely right. You know, some of our uh, team members and staff are out there this year working alongside experienced Sioux Falls and others when, when people are flying in um, in the airport this year for the pheasant opener. Um, and it, it's really about tradition, right? Um, people have been uh, hunting rooster pheasants for a long time uh, on South Dakota's landscape, and it's about family. It's about tradition. Uh, it's also about, you know, those those license dollars. I would say, you know, hunters are the original conservationists, or one of them anyways, 
uh, in that all of the license fees um, that are paid and people buying gas and hotels and something to eat at local restaurants, um, it's all coming back to the economy in a place like South Dakota um, and, and helps helps continue uh, that cons- conservation ethic from year to year and allows, you know, state agencies and folks like Pheasants Forever and Quill Forever through our members uh, to do awesome things on the landscape to sustain pheasants and other wildlife and, and public access. Access is a huge thing. We have to have places for people to get outside uh, to uh, enjoy the outdoors and recreate. And um, I'm a big fan of South Dakota. I was actually just out there a few weeks ago, sort of on a cast and blast, if you will, uh, for pheasants and, and, and ice fishing up in the Glacial Lakes region. And uh, the state is just a gem for outdoor opportunities. And I think that really shines through with the amount of people that come out there each year to, to hunt fish and uh, just camp or recreate. There's so many other industries that are, that are, are part of that. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it, it, like I said, you know, South Dakota is just absolutely wonderful. Um, I didn't start fishing in South Dakota until a few years ago, and uh, that too, you know, um, it, it's it's nice to be able to go out there and pair some of the different things that I like as a sportsman, um, you know, with, with what I like to do, and hunting and fishing are, are big parts of those, and uh, the fishing is spectacular in South Dakota. I think it's it's maybe a, uh, it's, it's maybe a, uh, it's a shining star for me, but for some people, uh, I think it's something that they might not know as much about. Uh, obviously, pheasant, pheasant hunting is, is a big piece um, of the outdoor puzzle in South Dakota, but there are just so many recreational opportunities. Um, and then when you get over you know, into the Black Hills and you've, you've got uh, just the outdoor recreation economy in general. Um, but I, I still think pheasants, you know, they're on the they're on the back of the quarter. South Dakota put pheasants, the ringneck pheasant, on the back of the quarter for good reason. Um, and uh, it just continues to be uh, a wonderful, um, you know, family and, and family-friendly event to be able to do year in and year out. Uh, Jerry Brickland, Director of Communications of Pheasants Forever, now and Quail Forever. Yeah, you know, Quail Forever, uh, next year will be our 20th, uh, or 25th, rather, excuse me, 25th anniversary um, of uh, of Quail Forever. Um, and it started uh, started in, oh, sorry, 20th anniversary, be in 2005. Um, and, uh, you know, Quail Forever formed around some of the, some of the same attributes as, as Pheasants Forever. We saw the decline um, in America's quail population, specifically, specifically Bob White Quail, um, and decided, hey, an organization is needed to help try to bring quail back from the brink. So Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, our mission work has garnered us the reputation as a habitat organization. Um, and in response to those continued declines in quail populations and suitable habitat, Pheasants Forever formed the Quail Division, Quail Forever. So um, same mission to conserve quail, pheasants, and other wildlife through habitat improvements, public access, and education, and conservation advocacy. Um, and our, our vision is that current and future generations of hunters and conservationists are able to enjoy uh, abundant populations of wild quail, pheasants, and, and other wildlife on the landscape. So Quail Forever is really humming right now as an organization. Um, we're very involved in uh, uh, sort of an initiative called Working Lands for Wildlife through the United States Department of Agriculture. And uh, bobwhite quail is one of those keystone species within there um, that are, are identified as a species of need. So we're putting a lot of biologists on the landscape, working with a lot of landowners right now to restore 
bobwhite quail habitat and populations to their former glory. And uh, lots of great things going on right now uh, on the landscape. I was just earlier today uh, working on a story uh, about they're getting ready to reintroduce trap and transfer uh, bobwhite quail into certain areas of Pennsylvania um, where they've been uh, extirpated as a species since the early 2000s. So uh, pretty pretty cool success stories uh, going on, and it's kind of Ridden on, uh, ridden on the success of pheasants forever, and we have that same local model. Local chapters retain 100% of their funds, and they get to spend them on conservation projects. And obviously, uh, our organization works to provide outlets for spending some of those dollars. But we have uh, a lot of wonderful chapters, uh, almost 200 chapters across the nation now for Quail Forever, um, 600-some for Pheasants Forever, and, and they do a lot of work throughout the year. Last year alone, Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever did 2.5 million acres um, of habitat improvements ac- across the country. So no no small feat, and it's done on the, it's done with the hard work of volunteers and dedicated team members. Jared Wickland, Director of Communications, Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, you work with other uh, uh, other entities, I think, too, like the Isaac Walton and Ducks Unlimited and all those, too, don't you? Yeah, we certainly do. You know, I think um, nothing of significance gets done in this country right now on a conser- conservation-wise without uh, just awesome partnerships. Um, partnerships are the building blocks uh, to creating conservation initiatives in this country, and certainly Ducks Unlimited. We just signed a memorandum of understanding with uh, the Rough Grouse and American Woodcock Society to further work together uh, on bigger conservation initiatives and where, where we can do work and where we overlap in the country. So, yeah, you know, National Wild Turkey Federation, Ducks Unlimited, uh, Rough Grouse Society. Um, we've even worked with, you know, Whitetails Unlimited and National Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation um, at some points in time. So, yeah, we work with a lot of different partners, a lot of different conservation groups, and plenty of agencies as well, like South Dakota Game Fishing Parks, for instance. Um, we do a lot of a lot of, lot of work across the aisle with state agencies. Conservancy, I guess, is what, what is a woodcock for a city boy? What is that? Uh, a woodcock is, a, is a, they're considered a, a migrating species. Um, they're an early successional forest bird that live up uh, in areas, well, they live all throughout the country, but South Dakota has some that, that do uh, migrate through, but you get more over into Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, probably have some of the largest populations in the country. But uh, they're, a, they're a small brown bird. You might hear them in the spring. They make sort of a, sort of a it's called pinting sound, um, and uh, they'll, they'll fly up and do a, little, do a little dance and then land on the, land on the ground. And um, they're just a pretty cool bird that holds extremely tight. So for guys, that, uh, guys and gals that prefer pointing dogs, um, American woodcock uh, are especially fun species to to get out and uh, explore. Well, some people might wonder why am I talking about presents this time of the year, but you've got a big festival coming, up. and this festival is is uh, important to, to you know people all over the Midwest in the area. Uh, coming up at the end of this month, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we certainly do. Um, since 2002, Pheasants Forever uh, and Quail Forever have brought National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic to different regions of the country. Um, it's the world's largest and best show for upland hunters and wildlife lovers, uh, if you're habitat conservationists, bird dog fans, uh, if you're an outdoor family. And we are really excited to be back in the pheasant capital of South Dakota for 2024. 
Um, the show is a, is a little bit of everything. It's a, it's a convention, it's a seminar series, and it's also the largest fundraiser, uh, national fundraiser of the year for Pheasants Forever and, and Quail Forever. Um, and, you know, what folks can uh, expect at the show is uh, it's held at the Denny Sanford Premier Center. It's on March 1st through the 3rd, so coming up here. Um, Thursday night before the show opens, we've got a concert for conservation with Trampled by Turtles uh, Band, which is new this year. Um, but it, it really is just a collection uh, of vendors, uh, state agencies, um, federal agencies, uh, all working together to try and put more wildlife habitat on the landscape uh, is what it's about. Um, we've got uh, a seminar series that runs throughout the weekend, concurrent sessions, everything from learning about the country's 800 million acres of public lands at the Public Lands Pavilion um, to the bird dog stage, um, Obviously, you know, a connection to your bird dog is one of the big reasons why people uh, upland bird upland bird hunt uh, and get to get to know the grasslands a bit better. So um, the bird dog stage is a huge attraction. We have some of the best trainers in the country that come and give free seminars uh, concurrently throughout the weekend. Um, if you're new to if you're new to uh, upland hunting or want to get involved, we've got what's called the path to the upland stage. Um, it's really a lot of great resources to get you involved. Uh, in upland hunting and conservation. We've got a youth village for kids, hands-on habitat uh, activities, indoor BB gun range, uh, archery range, face painting. Uh, you can it, um, anim- Animal furs that you can get up nice and close with and touch and, and learn about different species, fly tying. There's a lot of different things uh, at the show. Um, and then also for landowners, too. If you're a landowner, we've got what's called the Habitat Help Desk and Seminar Stage. Um, and we have professional biologists uh, on hand to meet with landowners, and they can provide you a personalized conservation plan for whatever species um, you're, you're, you're looking at on your property. And uh, overall, it's just a great show. We've got 400-plus vendors, lots of seminars, lots of speakers, and it all comes together uh, March 1st through the 3rd uh, at the Denny Sanford Premier Center in Sioux Falls. Um, no, it starts mostly March 1st through the 3rd. Um, the show really kicks off uh, Friday, March 1st, and that's with a uh, what's called our Bird Dog Parade. It's our signature event. Um, this year, we've got about 140 bird dogs representing 40 different breeds and their owners uh, that will be walking through the convention center. They stop on a stage. Um, we have a nice, nice chat with some of our folks at Perina about the different dog breeds. It's, it's just kind of a fun uh, fun way to kick things off. And historically, it's, it's always been what we've done. Uh, it's, a, it's, a huge, uh, it's a huge draw for folks in the local community. So, yeah, the Bird Dog Parade really kicks things off um, for Friday right before the ribbon cutting, and uh, the doors, doors open just after the noon hour. I remember that. Uh, how many dogs do you get in a parade like that? Uh, this... This year, we've, I think we've got the most ever we, um, in the history of National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. This year, I believe, uh, we've got just shy of 140 dogs registered. So it's, go- it's, going, to be a, it's going to be a busy place. Everything from, um, you know, uh, Black Lab and Chocolate Labs and Yellow Labs to uh, Spinoni Italianos, which sounds, sounds, more, sounds more like a, a fruity drink of some sort, but really cool dogs across the board. Um, that people can come out and, and meet and learn a little bit more about. And you'll see them see throughout the show with uh, the different breeders and things that we have on hand. 
just that uh, as one point uh, you know uh, dogs that, that's a whole industry for for hunting uh that goes you know into one thing into another into another into a large part of the impact on the economy yeah yeah it certainly does you know and i i think dogs are one of the biggest draws um for people to get involved uh, with upland habitat conservation and pheasants forever in general. Uh, in fact, you know, last year during National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic, we had a we had a film festival to uh, kick off our event for the year. And uh, one of the one of the figures in there was Kang Yang, and it talked about it talked about Kang and, and how he grew up and his um, his extended family uh, was from overseas and uh what really got him into upland conservation and upland hunting in general was a bird dog um a bird dog that uh he he uh ended up adopting basically um and just said hey this you know this dog thought to himself this dog is born to hunt so I want to try to help her to do that and that's that's how he got involved with uh the upland conservation landscape he's a life member of pheasants forever now but yeah it's pretty cool how a dog can change uh, can can change the outcome or the scope uh, of of one's life, and and that's a perfect example of how people get involved with pheasants forever and quail forever through the through the eyes of a bird dog. There's quite a few breeds, uh, you know. We talked lab- Labradors and that type of thing, but there's quite a few different breeds that uh, that you know for quail, especially. Uh, I, I'm just thinking, you know, remembering way back to the TV series uh, Little House on the Prairie. They always went quail hunting. What happened to the quails? Yeah, yeah, no, uh, we've still got decent population of, of, uh, of quail throughout the United States. Um, you know, South Dakota, uh, South Dakota, I believe, does have a season. Um, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty limited to the very uh, southern reaches of South Dakota counties. Um, but uh, quail in general, um, as a species, have gone downhill just mostly due to land use changes. Um, quail are an early successional species that require some form of disturbance uh, to, keep, to keep habitat in its ideal stage. Um, so they like early successional habitat, so things after, let's say, uh, uh, disking, of, disking of a field or a food plot, uh, prescribed fire. They're called the firebird for good reason. Anytime we put fire on the landscape and sort of, sort of uh, re, reset habitat throughout the quail range, uh, quail typically respond pretty well. So, and that's one of the things you can learn about at the show, too, is prescribed fire. Um, Peasants Forever and Quail Forever are big proponents of prescribed fire. Uh, we work with a lot of different prescribed burn associations uh, throughout the United States. Uh, we have a habitat team that's dedicated to uh, helping, helping landowners sort of navigate prescribed fire. Um, it, you know, for a lot of landowners, I think it can be a, a scary deal. Um, fire is fire is a tool. Uh, it can be your friend, uh, but it, it has to be used in a in a safe fashion. So, um, if you want to learn more about prescribed fire and, and what that can do for wildlife habitat, specifically quail, uh, we have that at the show as well. Jared Wicklin, Director of Communication, Presence Forever and Quails Forever. Now, the banquet. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, um, both of our banquets are are at the Ramcota Exhibit Center, which is uh, out behind the Ramcota Hotel, um, and it's uh, it's a pretty big venue. I believe we still have possibly a few tickets left for Friday night. Um, Saturday night uh, features uh, our, our keynote speaker Donnie Vincent, who is an explorer, biologist, conservationist, and hunter. Um, he's out of Wisconsin, but he's he's traveled the world, so he's going to give give his take on pheasants forever and quail forever, and sort of the conservation work that we do. But that's been sold out for months now. So um, Friday night, 
Uh, I believe we have Chris Cruzy, who was one of the former contestants uh, that almost won uh, the show The Voice uh, on TV, and uh, he always he always ramps up his performances at National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. So that'll be on Friday night, um, sort of our, at our uh, Upland Rally celebration, um, and that starts at five o'clock. Like I said, a few tickets left online for that. You can find them at www.pheasantfest.org. Um, and yeah, it's just going to be, it's going to be a big party for the uplands where we're raising money for public access initiatives, uh, and in South Dakota, uh, for Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, a big one for us right now is called PATH, Public Access to Habitat. How many people do you expect there? Um, typically, you know, the last time we were in Sioux Falls, uh, in 2018, I believe we had, uh, just shy of 29,000 attendees. Uh, so I'd, I'd love us, I'd love us to break the 30,000 30, attendee number. Um, I think we can do it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of buzz around town right now about National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic coming back to town. Um, we've got some added events this year, like, uh, the Concert for Conservation on Thursday night before things really kick off on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, um, I'm pretty confident we can get there, but, uh, hoping to have, you know, Sioux Falls and the surrounding region, come on out and, and join us for National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. It's a really fun event, things to do for the whole family. Uh, you know, whether you're three years old, 33, or 93, uh, I think there's there's some fun things for people to take part in um, at the Denny Sanford Premier Center. Well, the banquet itself is a pretty, there's a lot of people at that. That's a pretty big banquet, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, um, I think uh, Friday Friday night uh, we've got uh, 1,200 people on tap, and for Saturday night I think we're maxed out at 1,330 people. So um, it's going to be a big banquet. We're doing lots of fundraising, uh, anything from firearms and hunting trips um, to hunting gear and, and everything else in between. So, yes, the banquet's... The banquets are quite significant. Um, we've uh, we've done a better job in previous years here uh, of getting through the banquets in a, in about two and a half hours, and we're going to try to stick to that this year. And there's other events uh, occurring outside of those banquets at, uh, as well. Um, Onyx Hunt, which is an application for knowing where you stand on, on public and private land, uh, is having an uh, it's called the on, Onyx Offline Party, uh, and that's nine o'clock at the Ramcota as well. Afterwards, it's a free event where you can come and help us raise money for uh, public access initiatives right in South Dakota. Now, I was going to say uh, pretty much every week I say there's seven thousand people move into Sioux Falls from all over the country. Uh, we're kind of a, a boom town, you might say, right now, and a lot of them don't know. You know, they're from California, New York, or you know other parts, and they say, "Well, I'd like to go pheasant hunting, but I, I don't know anything about it." This is a great place uh, to mix around with people and ask any question they want. Yeah, it certainly is, and um, you know, as we've talked about too, is that you know we've got a stage for we've got a stage seminar for any type of person that comes to the show. So. Um, if you are new to pheasant hunting, you want to learn how to get into it, and you're living in the pheasant capital, the best place in the world to live if you want to be a pheasant hunter in South Dakota, um, I would really encourage you to come check out the path to the upland stage. You know, different motivations drive our interest in, in the uplands, but um, we've got a lot of presenters that are going to tell a compelling story, including how they got started, why they're still connected, and sort of, uh, you know, inspire you if you're if you're new to getting into um, upland hunting and conservation in general. You know, one of the things that we hang our hat on is our work on not just wildlife habitat conservation, but access. Access is a key feature. And I think that's one of the reasons why 
Plenty of people love South Dakota. They have great uh, public access opportunities in the state, everything from walk-in programs to just public land in general. And one of the programs we've really been working on this year uh, is called uh, PATH program, as I've mentioned during this, uh, during this conversation. So that's public access to habitat. Um, this past fall, Pheasants Forever proudly announced a new outdoor access initiative uh, called PATH with the goal of enrolling 10,000 acres per year. Um, and it's basically, it's additive to the current Game Fishing Parks walk-in area program and administered in a very similar manner. But we provide an extra incentive of $25 per acre to landowners in return for 10 years of undisturbed habitat and hunting access on private lands. We are quickly approaching uh, the 10,000-acre goal in just six months, um, and uh, I'm hoping we're going to hit it here in the next week or two, and then hopefully move on to the, the second year of the initiative where, you know, we got 10,000 acres in the ground. Now we're, now we're going for that 20,000. So um, it's, a great, uh, it's a great program, and we'll have more information on it on the show floor. But if folks are interested in, in hunting uh, or just recreating or checking out any of those enrollments, uh, we will have we will have pins available for people to go out and so they can see where they are. Pretty cool program uh, to support wildlife and hunting access in a state like South Dakota. The pheasants, you know, and I, and I can say because I grew up here, it, it's it's a generation thing, isn't it? And uh, also, you know, I think the governor has a, a big pheasant hunt, doesn't she? Yes. Yep. Certainly. Yeah. Um, it's uh, generational for sure, um, and I think that's why a lot of times, you know. I think there's there's still areas of the country, South Dakota for sure, uh, where things things can pretty much shut down for a week, and especially like on the opener, you get a lot of families getting together, bringing their kids outside. Um, it's a it's a fun activity, it's a healthy activity, uh, not just physically but mentally as well to get out in uh, open grasslands and uh, you know experience the thrill of the flush, if you will, um, and whether that's pheasants or sharp-tailed grouse or prairie chickens. Or maybe even a Hungarian partridge. We support all those different types of birds, access opportunities, and wildlife uh, in the state of South Dakota. Talking to Jared Wickland, Director of Communications, Business Forever, Coil Forever. Uh, yeah, I used to do a lot of wedding dances over the years, and one thing I found is that you never plan a wedding on that weekend of the pheasant opener. <laughs> no, cer- certainly uh Trying to plan something on the pheasant opener uh, isn't going to work out too isn't going to work out very well because most most people are out in the field uh, or waiting for waiting for their family to come back to the field to to share a meal and share the stories of the day's hunt. So yeah, it really it really is um, South Dakota pheasant hunting, especially on the opener and uh, around certain holidays too, like uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas are, are big ones for people to to get out and enjoy the landscape. Well, you obviously in the old movies, you know, uh, pheasant under quail was a big thing for an elegant uh, banquet in France or England or that type of thing. Uh, but I wanted to say that uh, pheasants is really, you know, uh, the meat and, the, you know, the feathers of whichever and all that kind of thing can go a long way. Uh, uh, it's not just shooting it. Yeah, yeah, it certainly can. I think uh, that prairie to plate experience is also a big part of the reason why people take up upland hunting. Um, knowing where your food comes from, I think, you know, a lot of people can refer to it or probably refer to it as the locavore movement. But this year in our path to the upland stage, and, and that's a really good point, um, if you want to learn about like everything that you can do with a pheasant uh, as, far to, as far as consuming it goes, um, Hank Shaw, uh, who is from uh, part of Hunt, Gather, Cook, uh, he's a big proponent of Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. He's been a supporter of us for a long time. He's got, uh, he's got various 
seminar topics throughout the weekend, but uh, the big one that always attracts a lot of people is called Getting More Out of Your Birds. Uh, it's a question and answer with Hank Shaw uh, where he'll be able to just uh, talk you through, you know, what what exactly can you do with a pheasant? Um, you know, it's not just the breast meat either. Uh, it's the legs. It's the wings. You can do a lot of different things with them. Uh, from a culinary perspective, um, so if you're if you're new new to uh, the outdoor traditions of pheasant hunting and you need to know where to start in the kitchen, uh, that's a that's a good seminar to to take on for the weekend. Pheasants, you see a lot of taxidermy on that too. But I was going to say our time is is coming to, uh, quick here. Jared Wickland, director of communications with Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. Uh, but tell us again, uh, coming up uh, March first through the third, uh, for landowners, for uh, dog owners, for hunters, uh, give us a real quick rundown again. Yeah, National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic is coming to the Denny Sanford Premier Center March first through the third. You can purchase tickets online. You can get them at the door. Uh, it's fifteen dollars. Uh, comes with a six month membership, a trial membership to Pheasants Forever. It's a really, really fun event. Um, Sunday, uh, March third is going to be Family Day, so the first five hundred kids get a free pheasant plush toy. Um, and uh, that's uh, first first Premier Bank is sponsoring it that day. Um, you bring your kids on Sunday. They've got chips, cookies, all sorts of fun things for for the kids to do. But yeah, if you are a hunter, a conservationist, a landowner, someone that enjoys uh, walking grasslands and getting out on public lands, there's a little bit of something for everybody. Everything from bird dog stage to public access stage. We've got the Youth Village and Family Day, Habitat Help Desk, uh, Women on the Wing. Uh, we've got some cool things going on uh, for for women hunters on the on the show floor this year. Uh, and overall, it's just going to be a really fun day learning about pheasants, habitat, pollinators, and uh, how to create your own unique path to the uplands. So National Pheasant Vest and Quail Classic, Denny Sanford Premier Center, March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, and the Bird Dog Parade kicks all of it off at uh, 11 o'clock on March 1st. Come out and join us. Jared Wickland, Director of Communications, Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever for the Pheasant Festival coming up this weekend. Thank you for being with us on Forum. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.